Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. Welcome, everyone, to our next podcast, the LVR Podcast. And I'd like to introduce you to a conversation that I think is one that currently, you know, you see it around. Do we see it consistently? Do we see it certain times of the year? I think it's one that Marissa is um, quite passionate about and so myself mm. at the end of the day believe more time needs to be given in us contemplating this proposition within our industry um, and it is finance for females. Yeah, We thought this session could be good. Having Marissa that is quite an advocate you know, in our industry, it, uh, it could be a good conversation in respect of what do we believe we do well, what can we do better and Marissa, no further ado, I'd like to pass over to you. Thanks, Ruan. Yeah, this is a topic that is so close to my heart. I mean, getting more females in the industry is super important, but it's not only getting more females in the industry, it's just making our industry a lot more diverse. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, our industry should be representative of the people that we serve in the community, which means that we should have people of different ethnicities, different cultural backgrounds, different, you know, preferences. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, what we have seen over the recent times is that the percentage of females in the industry is actually declining rather than increasing, which for me is really alarming and really upsetting. So, you know, I, we've, I've been doing a lot of work with MFAA and other organisations around how do we improve this diversity? How do we get more females into mortgage broking? And more importantly, how do we keep them here? So there's a lot of, you know, a lot to discuss here. And it's just a, a topic that we all need to be concerned about because the reality is females make great mortgage brokers. Yeah. So so with that, um, I don't know if you, I don't wouldn't have a cooking clue on the numbers for this, but in banking, do you believe we'll see a better number of female bankers in respect of what we would see in broking, if I may ask? Yeah, look, I don't have the stats, but I know that when I was in banking, it was definitely, I was definitely a minority. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly in the senior levels of banking, it is very male dominated. Yeah. I believe that over the recent years that has started to shift a little bit and, you know, major banks have tried to make a big effort to equalise their workforce and try and get a, a better representation of their customers. Yeah. But I still think we've got a long way to go. And in the mortgage broking space, women still make up a very, very small percentage of mortgage brokers. So we're, we're nowhere near close to where we need to be in this space. So, so we talk about need to be in this space. What do you think holds females back as it currently stands? And, and truth be told, I'm not a big fan of the male-female conversation as much as I am of the diversity conversation. And I'm only sharing it now with you because we we in this together. I, I do still feel like you and I at this point, we discussed in the past and it was like, you know, it's not about males and females. It's about we have to represent what our consumers are, our clients. And that goes for for, for different things. That isn't just male-female per se, but the female conversation is very strong at this stage in respect of the message through through banking, aggregators, et cetera, et cetera. And I think just to hone in on that point, you know, it's good to say we need to get more females into this, 
But what is currently holding them back? Because that's maybe something to pay attention to in respect of is those those barrier of entry, is that something that we need to pay attention to? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, look, uh, and there's been quite a bit of research done on this. Um, the MFAA has been running a survey for the last few years around this, looking at different factors of, you know, why women aren't coming in and, and what's holding them back and what's making them leave. And yeah. the reality is we're not 100% sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of factors uh, ranging from, you know, do women feel safe in this industry? Do women feel like they can progress at you know, the rate that they want to progress in this industry. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, predominantly we're a commission-only industry. How does that suit a female yeah. progressing with her career? Does a female have the confidence to um, advance from a part-time administration position to a broking position? Yeah. Are we making allowances for females that do want to work flexibly and do want to work part-time? There's a lot of questions that we need to answer. I guess my personal views and when I look at my team and when I look at people that I've met in the, in the industry, I think that one thing that we're lacking in the industry is we're lacking the ability to offer part-time positions for senior finance brokers. A lot of people have the perception that you do need to work full-time to make this work. And definitely if you're operating on your own, you know, you need to be in it full-time just to keep on top of the changes. But if if we can start creating more flexible part-time solutions for mortgage brokers, then that might attract more females into the industry. If we could also support them through mentorship and Um, bringing them together, I think that there's a real lack of that in the industry as a whole uh, across the board, across females and men. Uh, But females generally, I know this is a very big generalisation, but may not feel as confident with their abilities as men do. I think there's been a bit of research that shows that when men apply for a job, if they can tick a few things off the requirements list, they'll go for it. Whereas if a woman can tick everything but one thing off their requirement list, they uh, they think they're not good enough for that position so that it might hold them back from doing it. So I think there's a number of factors, but I think that really the key for me is how can we promote this industry as an industry that's flexible, that has opportunities for different types of work, so full-time and part-time? Yeah. And also I think we need to do much better as an industry at promoting this as a career option to young Australians Yeah. at the school and the at the university level for all young Australians but in particular for females. Yeah. So just on that point, you, you said a few things and I'll just pilot those which makes me just think about things a bit more. But one of the things you said about flexibility, I think a lot of brokers over the years have got gone into broking because they seek that flexibility. Mm. But they've also come to learn that it's not a role that is that flexible in many, many ways because the client, you know, can push you from pillar to post, pull you from pillar to post, both both ends. Um, and at the end of the day, because the client is everything and the client says, jump, you ask how high. So sometimes that flexibility thing for me is a hard one. Yeah. Because this, you know, for me, this is not even about diversity. This is about the reality. Yeah. Um, you know, and and I also think, again, um, you look at certain roles. I think it's a hard one for me to say that, you know, that this can work very well part-time. When we're in such a compliant world, mm. you, your business needs to be built very differently. And I can see bigger broking businesses being in a position to build it and formulate it to work, but I can see also which makes the bulk of our businesses and mortgage broking uh, um, finding it harder to do. Yeah, just because the time it takes, the capacity involved, etc. That it's easier said than done. 
So I think if, um, and again, this is why I said, are we looking at the right things? And is it maybe something that, you know, studies need to be done about, can we, can someone come up with a bit of a, call it what you like, but for me, like a blueprint to be able to go to smaller businesses and say, hey, this is how you can do it so that they can go, you know what? This is doable mm. because, again, we know what we know and we don't know what we don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think you've hit the nail on the head in the sense that, you know, we can do a lot as an industry, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to uh, the responsibility of businesses making that investment to build the infrastructure that's going to support part-time female finance brokers. So an infrastructure that's going to support them to keep on top of all their compliance obligations, make sure the customer's receiving an excellent customer experience despite the fact that the broker's not available every day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've had, we've got a number of part-time female mortgage brokers in our team who are amazing, doing amazingly well um, and having that flexibility to work around their family, whether that be young children, yeah. you know, school-age children, whatever that might look like for them, uh, just to make sure that they've got that support. I think the reality is that too many businesses are trying to uh, just bring on mortgage brokers and aren't willing to give them that extra little bit of support to support them when they're not available. Agreed. Uh, but again, and I'll, I'll say I agree with that point, but just point to note, I still think, Marissa, if we take your business, your business is quite a sizable business. So you've got that scope and that scale mm. to consider certain uh, um, certain propositions that another broker business, and I'm talking quite a majority of them, just don't have that scope and scale. And I don't think, if you think about being overworked, being overwhelmed, you know, um, as a broker, sometimes it's not that you don't want to support those things. It's about what can you do to support yourself? So, and again, it gets me back to saying it's going to be a hard one, in my opinion, for what it's worth, my personal opinion at best, to say to broker companies, hey, what are you doing here to uh, alleviate this issue that we're currently facing with, you know, trying to get more females into the broker business? You know, what are you currently doing about it versus... Here's what you can do. Here's a blueprint, something that you can follow. This has been tested and turned on a business uh, with three people for argument's sake. Yeah. So that it's almost that then you can go and say, let's go and have a webinar. Let's go and have a session with businesses alike and say, this is how it's going to work for you, which is no different if you think about it in broking, if we're going to relate back to what we know. You know, a business with five staff are going to work very different than a business with two staff in respect of roles and responsibilities, job titles and what what is expected of whom. So I think at this stage, it's uh, for me, it's almost like saying something's got to be done. There's things we're doing. But again, like the research, the planning, the implementation, the review, have we done enough research in the sense of being able to say to someone, this is how you can do it? Because I think to say to someone just to do it is one of those hard things because where do I start? And if you can't tell me where I start, then I'm just not starting, so to speak. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's probably human nature that when we are growing our team, even if you're just starting off uh, you know, with yourself and then and then wanting to bring on one person and you're sort of in the early stage of that of that growth journey, it's natural to want to recruit people that are like you. Yeah. Um it's it's True. very e- it feels very easy and comfortable to recruit uh, other team members that 
feel like you, understand you, talk like you, look like you. Uh, That's, you know, that's the natural instinct. But where we need to shift our focus is the business case for diversity. And this isn't just about making the industry better, um, although it will do that, but this is about making your business better. Having a better story, isn't it? Having a better story, but also appealing to a wider demographic of clients. Yeah. Because I, I think that you know, the diversity of our team has been one of the strengths of our team. You know, we're um, extremely diverse, more than 13 different languages, female, you know, ranging from 20 to over 60 years old, different, you know, sexual orientation, different preferences, different religions, different cultures. And I actually think that that has helped us to grow our client base considerably because it's actually meant that we appeal to a wider demographic of people because you've got to remember that clients choose mortgage brokers based on who they feel comfortable with. Yeah. So if you can make your team more diverse, then you are going to appeal to a wider demographic of people. So I think that as well as, you know, doing it for the industry, I think you need to do it for the strength of your business to get your get that diversity in your business so that you can broaden your client base. You know, taking from that point, everyone has got a different idea on why they do what they do. Mm. So for me, it does come down to everyone's purpose. Um, I think if you don't want to, if you don't want to compartmentalize, if you want to excel, if you want to make the world your oyster, I think having that opportunity to engage with different people is what will make your business stronger because the learnings for you versus the learnings for them um, at the end of the day, any one of us don't go into this business because we want to work until we're 70. Yeah. We're going to this business because we love helping people. Mm. But I think sometimes we we very much, and, and this is just my take on it again, uh, we compartmentalize in the sense where we go, you know, at the end of the day, I this is why I do what I do for my clients. But what you do for your clients, you should do for your staff. Mm. What you do for your staff, you should do for your referral sources. If you can simplify your proposition then having staff from or having clients from this proposition, it means why don't you have staff from that proposition? So whether yeah. that may be, whatever that may be. And like you said, I like when you said earlier with education and respect of, you know, the younger generation, mm. which will make the broke off tomorrow, so to speak. It's, there's a need for us to go to these people and let them understand how imperfectly perfect our industry truly is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that we have so much to give because we're dealing with people and through people, which is your your clients, your your peers, your referral sources, we've got so much to give. Mm. We just need to start somewhere. And I think for me, I think about these things a lot. Hey, like, I mean, you think of bringing someone into your business, half the time you go, you need to understand these documents. You need to understand this process. I think for us with this engagement, with this recruitment and retention proposition, it would be great if there's a document to say, uh, and again, it's easy now for me to say it would be great if there's a document to say it's clearly harder to do that than it, we make it sound now or I make it sound here. But a document just to say, if this is of interest to you, here's a little bit of a mud map mm. on how you can achieve it. But now the onus is on you because we all can say, oh, we want to do this, we want to do this and do nothing. Yeah. So, you know, intentions is only intentions till you physically make something of that. And I think, you know, I think one of the things that lets us down as an industry is that generally we're attracting females who 
are in their sort of late 20s, early 30s, about to start a family or already have a family, Mm. that's, you know, the hardest time of their life trying to juggle their career plus their family. I mean, I know that I started uh, literally when I was about to give birth to my first first child (laughs) and, you know, many of the female brokers that I know um, have started around you know, just before or at the time that they're starting a family or, you know, when they've got school-aged children, which is actually a really hard time to start this career. If we can actually get young females in when they're, you know, just finishing school, just finishing uni, uh, getting, you know, getting them to have a good five, ten years of this career under their belt before they actually go off and have children, that's going to um, definitely allow them to shift to part-time because they've already got the foundation. They will be able to continue a successful career career part-time if they're surrounded by the right infrastructure and the right business that will support them and give more opportunities for females to stay in this industry. So my thoughts are that, yes, uh, individual businesses can definitely improve their own business by valuing the diversity and the business impact that will have. But as an industry, we need to be much better at promoting ourselves to school age and university age youth so that we can try and attract more people into the industry as a whole. Yeah. We are an aging an aging industry. Yeah. So we even need we even need young men, but we need young men, we need young females, we need all different nationalities, all different backgrounds, uh, and that's what's going to make our industry better. Yeah. And I think for people like yourself and myself um being on this journey for quite a while, we've seen how, you know, people would relate to a particular person in your business. Mm. and may not relate to you. Exactly. You know, and just in that sense, by doing that, you've just opened the floodgates to opportunity. But the opportunity only comes because you've created the opportunity. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that's exactly the case for diversity. Yeah. The reality is if you have a diverse team, you're going to attract more clients. It's as simple as that. 100%. Well, listen, we've gone over our time slot um, today, but I think this is one of those conversations, Marissa, is it fair to say this could be another one that we'll tackle at another time as as well? Because this is a conversation, I think you and I spoke about it beforehand, this is not a seasonal conversation. It can't be anymore. No. It has to become a conversation for every day, every moment, um, in respect of not so much just talking female, male, but talking diversity, talking about how do we get... Uh, uh, different people in our businesses to benefit our business and give us the opportunity to grow as people, not just as a business. Is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Awesome. Just want to say thank you to our listeners, everyone that has um, come into the into this podcast. Hope you found something of value here. Um, and again, guys, please do share if uh, you have any friends, colleagues, peers in our industry that you think this would, could be a good listen to. And again, till we see you next time, all the best. Bye. Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.